Something new is supported by listeners like you. Visit joelbnew.com and help this podcast continue to grow, thrive, and be a part of the creative conversation. Special thanks to the Dramatist Guild Fund for welcoming us into their space for today's episode. Providing the music hall for writers to use for free is one of the many ways the Dramatist Guild Fund supports writers. I encourage you all to find out more about DGF by visiting their website at www.dgfund.org or on Twitter at DGFund. This is Joel B. New, and you're listening to Something New, my chance to talk with some of the savviest theater artists in the industry, hear their stories, premiere brand new original songs, and get to the heart of what makes my guests the working, multifaceted artists they have come to be. Welcome back to episode 405, part two, a conversation with myself and Gay Marshall, Christine Patterson, Billy Bustamante, and Chris York. As I explained in the intro and outro last week, Our conversation took on a very organic life of its own, and because of that, I wanted to present it to you unedited, and that's why we have two parts. Like last week, I'm going to continue to keep my microphone off during the conversation uh, due to poor sound quality, and I'm still getting over a cold, so there was a lot of coughing going on in the background, so my apologies for that. Also, because it is an unedited conversation, uh, there may be some four-letter words thrown in there, and so I just want to let you know that there might be some explicit language, and I hope that doesn't offend anybody. One more big thing before we get to the second part of our conversation. The moment that I've been building up to this entire season has finally arrived. We have started our Kickstarter campaign for the Cabot Cove EP. Yes! In 30 days, we're going to raise... Hopefully $6,500. We're already off to a brilliant start. Uh, I just wanted to list a couple of names of people who have pledged. I want to send some special shout-outs to Corey, Jason, Jessica, Kate, Frank, Dan, Jessica, Charles, Scott, Ben, Lorenzo, and David. Thank you all so much for being the very first people to contribute and pledge to this awesome, awesome album that I can't wait to make. You can find a link to the Kickstarter campaign pretty much anywhere on my social media presence or also in the uh, description of this episode. We've got a lot of cool incentives for those who choose to pledge, and I hope to count you among them. The Cabot Cove EP Kickstarter goes through April 6th. And now, without further ado, episode 405, part 2. Can we plug my shows coming up at the Metropolitan Room? We oh my gosh! Do you want to pretend like we effortlessly got there? Seamlessly, I think was your word. Seamlessly. I liked that word Seamlessly. a lot. Um, like, um, speaking of amazing opportunities... <laughs> <laughs> well, as you know... Oh, that's a, that's a voice we could talk about is Edith Piaf's voice oh. because I, you know, I do this Piaf concert and I'll be doing on Monday yeah. night. I thought Monday night when the Metropolitan Room very graciously asked me if I would bring my concert back, I was kind of thrilled. Yeah. But I couldn't seem to find a date until they had an awful lot of really good dates already booked. Mm. <laughs> and this is on a Monday night at 9.30. But I thought, well... 
for people who are doing shows, Monday night's not that bad yeah, because it's your night off, Friday. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's Monday, March 7th at 9.30. And I have the great <gasps> honor and pleasure to be playing with Ross Patterson. I don't know if you know Ross Patterson, but he, I met him when I did a gig at 54 Below with a man named Scott Siegel who puts together a lot of these sort of Broadway by the year shows at Town Hall. Mm-hmm. And then I got to play with Ross again because I did one of those. But he's the kind of accompanist that just drops right out of heaven mm-hmm. because the first time I met him, I booked two hours of studio time to go over four songs. And we were done in like 17 minutes because wow. he's just so... so he good. really <laughs> listens to you and follows you and has such um, immense uh, feeling. Uh, I, I just, I love working with him. So I get to play with Ross at the Metropolitan Room. But I'm, I was thinking back to what we were talking about, voices and emotion. Her, her uh, voice really blows me away because this is a voice that has her entire, and everyone's does actually, I was going to say her entire life in it. But you know, when she was a kid, she would sing in the street for anything she needed. And it was like, Oh, this is old. I am handling my skirt right now or my top right now, you know. And she would think, well, I, I need a new one. You know, the laundry wasn't in the mix. It was like, so she'd go out and sing for something to wear, sing for something to eat, sing for wow. um, something to drink. Um, and in courtyards, on street corners, always with a lookout for the cops, depending on the neighborhood. And she did that from the time that she was a kid. Mm. And I, when I listen to her sing, and I don't often enough, actually, because I don't imitate P.F. at all, at all, at all, at all. Mm-hmm. Um, I, just, I just love her songs and her work for the stories behind the songs, for the people who wrote for her, uh, the careers that she built, the people yeah. she discovered and made, uh, like Charles Aznavour, for instance. Um, and, and when I hear her, I just think, oh, my God, she never asked herself, am I going to be able to make it through this concert? Because it was, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of, um, well, she's an icon in a way because of that. She lived a life that had absolutely no rules. Can you imagine that? I mean, I just think for a second. Okay? <laughs> I mean no rules. No rules of decorum. No rules of, uh, you know, what you can and can't aspire to or mm-hmm. hope for. or Just none. No, no barriers being born literally on the street and living the way she wanted. When she was 15, she rented hotel rooms by the half day because it was cheaper that way. And then she knew she'd hang out with friends until the wee hours. She, I think she probably took it from like, um, I don't know, like 8 a.m. because she'd been up all night until 8 p.m. And then she'd go out and sing and, wow. you know. And, and, but no fear. The no rules thing really kind of boils down to no fear. Hmm. I mean... I, I, we've all, if, if you grew yeah. up in America, I mean, you've always been surrounded by rules. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, what an amazing thing to have no judgment at all on the way you lived your life. Wow. Um, I think we spend I, the majority of our lives trying to find that and let, like, learning to let go. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm learning a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I'm learning yeah. all the yeah. stuff we learned as our It's so hard years. because you're always... It's so hard not to compare yourself to other people. It's so hard to feel like, you know, oh, I can't do that. I'm not worth anything, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what you said is the, is the most important thing. I think if anybody's going to take anything away from this 
conversation tonight. You know, I'm not saying. I mean, no, I think yeah, everybody course, contributed yeah. great, but I'm just saying that you know that when you said, Christine, when you said that when you walk in the room, you know, you're bringing yeah. me. You know, you're bringing the you that is you, which is what makes the the difference between you and everybody else. I think that if somehow that could be like a chip that's implanted, <laughs> you know, in everybody's Seriously. brain from the time that they're very, 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 very young, that would be the best thing you could learn. Yeah. Because and it, it really is everybody's brain because, you know, we're focusing on, on performers, but it really extends it's everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. you know everyone, it's walking yeah. into an interview understanding yeah. that you're the one that's special because you are the only one going into that room it's walking yeah. it's to anything that you're walking into, into, into a relationship yeah. 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 it's it's just yeah. recognizing that you are unique every everyone, everyone is, is and unique. everyone's got something to give yes and when you can start seeing other people like that too you know yeah, what i gotta tell you i took a picture one day when I was walking with my husband down 6th, uh, 5th Avenue, and we walked by this um, glass uh, door, and there was a night watchman there. Oh, this made me cry. Oh, God. There was a night watchman there who was hugely overweight, who was asleep, and he had this gigantic paunch, and his arms were hanging down, and he was asleep. And I said, John Louis, look at that. And I took a picture. And then I looked at that picture later on, and I just started to cry. I thought, here's a guy who's got a job, I mean, he's going to work, right? I'm not going to work right now. I'm having a marvelous walk with my husband. Mm -hmm. He's at work, alone, eats horribly, obviously, is probably not very happy. I mean, I just, mm -hmm. I just thought about what were those, that man's dreams? Did he think mm -hmm. he'd be a, a security guard right now? You know, it's like, that's another thing. It's not only are you unique, but... Everybody, Everybody is. is. Yeah. And it's really, really hard to see that. You're right. All mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. It would be such a different place. I mean, and I'm obviously, for having taken that picture, the worst offender. I mean, you know, but I'm saying, <laughs> you know, live and learn. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of. Mm. And it sounds like you learned something as well. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I felt mean, so bad I when amazing, I did that though. picture. I felt so bad. I thought. <laughs> I mean, we've all been there. I just thought it was <laughs> funny, you know? That yeah. he's supposed to be guarding the place and he's asleep and he looks funny. I, I, it's, a, it's a really, it is basically a very good picture. I, I, I did a very good job. <laughs> I'll bet. <laughs> but, you know, I really, it's like I wanted to go find him and say, I'm so sorry that I thought that was funny. You know, mm -hmm. it must be kind of a hard life you have. Yeah. So. I like to pretend or assume that every, that A, everyone means well. Like, no mm -hmm. one means you any harm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that everyone has good intentions. Like, no one wishes you ill. Mm -hmm. And that at any point you could help each other. Even Donald mm -hmm. Trump? I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe for him. <laughs> <laughs> no, I had to say that because, yeah. oh my God. You know, but hey. But hey. I know. Well, I'm interested to see like what happens to the next panel, like like four years from now. Like, <laughs> what's going to happen? <laughs> what state of the world will be in? Yeah. Hey, but. Time capsule this junk. <laughs> I want to congratulate you because yes. you left your day job to be a full time. Writer, composer. I mean, Joel, I'm so happy for you, and you so belong there. You so belong Thank there. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. That's great. It was, a, it was a long time coming. That's great. But, yeah. That's great. And? And, and I'm going to Paris. 
And you're going to play. Yes. I can't believe it. Yeah. And you're going to teach a master it. class and you're going to do a concert. And yeah, yeah. Well, there's lots of crazy things. I mean, like, that's, that's happening in June. And um, yeah, I did a concert at Joshua Hink's apartment in the living room. It was a Periscope uh, concert. And um, this very nice person named Lissandro was there. And he sang, he sang Maybe Later. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Right. Which is, you know, song which is what you said yeah. on the podcast, uh-huh. um, which was about my grandpa. Mm. And he loved that song. And I, you know, like, I, song. I appreciate the song, but, like, it's not, I'm like, I'm not like okay, that's what you're going to sing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to sing Beautiful Sleeping Giant <laughs> or something. <laughs> right, right? Which I originally wrote for you. Oh, but, um, yeah, I have so, to know this. Yeah, but may, maybe later, it's just, it's just, like, it's a five-minute story song and it you know love it, stories it sadly and you know all mm. that kind of stuff and um i'm grateful for anyone who's sing any of my songs in any context um but he <laughs> pulled me aside afterwards and he you know um described that he has a theater company called, called broadway okare and um invited me to come and help him do a concert of my work mm. in the summer and i'll be teaching a master class on co-teaching a master class yeah. on uh, interpreting American musical theater, mm. and wow. um, yeah, I get to go, and I'm, I'm going with my congratulations. Oh, <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be really fun. Be a man in Paris with music. I know, right. I know. Like I'm not like just going to Paris. I'm uh-huh. going to have a concert. Oh, seriously, it's great. It's awesome. Great. Fancy. Yeah. And I have a concert coming up. Also at the Metropolitan Room in March. Oh, Great. yeah. What day? Um, I don't know. It's like a Sunday. It's like. <laughs> but, but I'm gonna, I, I Got am that Got that? I'm leaving New York um, to go do shows in Cleveland. That's my hometown. Don't make fun of Cleveland. It's so hey, you know, Cleveland. been there, done that. I love Cleveland. And I'm gonna do shows on the 18th and the 19th. I'm doing a PF show and a blues. I have a blues mm. CD. I might go as well, you, you know, sort yeah. of yes. hype that. Were last night? Go back to where. Uh, go back where. Go back where you stayed last night, there which I just think it's so fun. I was really inspired by Ethel Waters, who's a 1920s blues mm-hmm. singer, sort of yeah. contemporary. Uh, Lena Horne kind of like, you know, wiped her off the map because mm-hmm. Lena was so pretty. They, mm-hmm. they were in the same shows at the Cotton Club in wow. Harlem. Mm-hmm. And anyway, Ethel Waters sings all these fun blues. It's sort of foot stomp and hand clap and good time blues, yeah. not the kind of like, you know, it's not it's not that. It's sort of, you know, it's sort of that kind. But it's fun. I have all of Gay Marshall's albums. It's going to be weird to do like one night of Piaf and then the next night with sure. a trio that's just mm-hmm. kind of, awesome. uh, yeah. you know, Nature. swinging. Okay, cool. But um, so, so there's that. I and I'm so it. happy that you're, but, but I'll probably be gone. That's what I was no. saying. I'll probably be out of New York when you're doing your, I don't come back oh. until like the 25th or something. And when do you leave? Uh, the 8th. I leave right after my show at the Metropolitan Room. Oh, wow. Because oh, wow. then I've got another one on April 4th at the Metropolitan Room, so I have to be back. Yes, you do. Yeah. Nine thirty and April fourth. Yes. Nine thirty. <laughs> yes. Metropolitan room. Yes. <laughs> and mine is on a Sunday in March. <laughs> I think you could have the date there, my darling. We'll all chat amongst ourselves while you look it up. It's on my phone, and my phone's recording. Oh, okay. Just go every Sunday. Go every Sunday to the Metropolitan room. Like one. Maybe. I'll be on this site. Check this site. I'll be on this site. So, like, I have. That's great. Yeah, just yeah. go in there and do your thing. Just go. I just, just kind of show up. Absolutely. I do, have to, um, I do have to go back to um, personal <coughs> changes because oh. 
I need to make sure that my priorities are set <laughs> correctly. <laughs> As we've been talking about all of this career, Chris had mentioned that he, well, Chris and Billy and I all got married oh, since geez. the last show. This is Christine. And uh, <laughs> um, Chris, oh, wait, did you? I, I think I said it. Yeah, but why don't yeah, you tell yeah, you yeah, news? Oh, okay. Oh, um, and we had a baby wow. in June. Yeah. Oh, she will goodness. be eight months this weekend. Oh, What's her name? Lillian. Oh, oh good. Um, beautiful. She is, she is beautiful oh, and so uh, such a blessing. So... As we're talking about business, I'm I'm like business, 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 business. Uh-huh. But I just have to throw out that that the the best things of life um, were that I recent since you the had last a baby episode, I got, you got married, married and oh. I had a baby. That's so I'm great. married. That's kind of the most incredible of, man. Mm. Kind of That's so great. That we do what we do, right? And like the, yeah. like why the business is happiness. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I love to hear people talk about love. Everybody. Everybody disses marriage. You know, they just do. Mm-hmm. I mean, a great number of them. Not everybody, sure, but right. I mean, there's such a sort of uh, negative connotation. It's true. I didn't want to get married. I, I I really didn't. But it just turned out that I kind of, you know, I needed to get papers when I was trying to work in Paris. <laughs> and I said, John Louis, we gotta do this. You know, and it and it turned out to be just the really the best and most important mm-hmm. thing that ever happened mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. And I love to hear people talk about how they're in love. Oh. I mean, that is, that's just the whole thing. Yeah. All yeah. good songs are written about love, whether mm-hmm. it's love gone wrong, yeah. love, love in the making, good. or love yeah. going good. Yeah. I mean, it just yeah. is. You know? yeah. Love just gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So true. that's really, that's what, we're all in love. We are. Yeah. Oh. That's fantastic. Yes, yes. actually. Wow. That's, and we're all sitting in a heart formation. In a wonderful room, man. Beaming. This is Yeah, this is yeah. Fund. Yeah. Um, gosh, well, we've been all over the map in like the best way. I know we totally went off script. No, when, tell right. me when when did when did we do our our Ours thing? was August, August of 2013. August of 2013. Wow. Right. You were my finale. You were the season yeah, finale. That's right. Mm-hmm. I remember that now. Yeah. I remember riding my bike to Queens. <laughs> yeah. It was so easy. I love you, you on know? your bike over the 59th Street Bridge <laughs> oh, because yeah. like it's the easy. Williamsburg Bridge is. You know, it it, yeah. it kind of there's an angle to mm-hmm. a steep steep angle to climb, and the Brooklyn Bridge just has too many people on it. Mm-hmm. But the 59th Street Bridge is very cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first song I wrote for you because like I had asked you what you wanted me to write, uh-huh. and you said um, she's like I I want you to write a love letter to New York. She's like, yeah. and, and you said you said I think Jay Z is great, but I think he got it wrong. <laughs> oh no, Alicia Keys. Like Alicia Keys. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I didn't oh, like. Oh, yeah, did he write yeah. that? Did Jay Z yeah, write them together. New yeah. York? Yeah. I, I just think that just composition-wise, it's yeah. so boring. I, yeah. I, I really do. I it just like kind of drones on that. And I think Alicia Keys is out of this world. So don't yes. get me wrong about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But She's an yeah, listener. yeah. She, <laughs> no, I think She's she is great. Right I just now. didn't like the the melody. I just didn't like the melody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I I love New York. I have to say, I I feel so. So yeah. lucky to be living in the city. Mm. I just think it's the really the greatest place on earth. Mm. I really do. <gasps> place like yeah. It. Yeah. And it, and it makes my life difficult because my husband lives in Paris. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know, but um, he understands. Because right. that's true. Yeah. If you, if you, he gave me the most beautiful poem that I think I could never begin to translate here. But it's just it's got a little illustration on it with a bird in a cage with the door open. Which really says the whole thing, wow. you know. 
it's just if you leave people free to do what they feel they must do and that they love to do there there's just no problem yeah you know people they'll say, always come back mm-hmm. yeah they'll always come back and they, and they will love you for giving them the freedom and mm-hmm. then and then that kind of just that support that's there even though it's not tangible it's mm-hmm. it feels tangible i could never live in new york uh on my own if john louis if i didn't know that john louis was there and skype is a right. marvelous thing marvelous. you know that we get to see sure. each other all the time technology is crazy yeah, yeah. yeah. it really is so I wrote Beautiful Sleeping Giants. I never heard it. You never heard that? No. You never it, told me. It You've been be, holding out on me, Josh. It's, it's so good. I, I think it's my favorite song you've ever heard. Oh, written. wow. And you wrote and it I for like me. I like your stuff. I wrote, yeah. Can I sing it? May I, am I, would I be allowed to sing it? We, we can. I think I played it for you and, and the key wasn't right. Oh, well, that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> But I've since lowered it for, for other ah. voices, so maybe we can Oh, I would love to. Because oh, he also wrote, gorgeous. do you know that. Say Hello? Have you heard his, oh, his song, Say one. Hello? Oh, that's another good one. Man, nice. I love that song. Oh, I sang uh, um, Button in My Pocket. In my pocket. And, yeah, and then right. at your, in others' words, I sang that wild oh, French song, which oh, is, right. you guys, you don't yeah. understand. I mean, that was just so funny when he gave me this song. I mean, baiser is like the rudest word. In, I mean, if you say un baiser, it means kiss. Otherwise, baiser is golo golo, mm. as they say in French. <laughs> and it's just the most, um, you know, uh, like off-color way to say it. And so I just love it that you gave me this song to sing. I'm like, whoo, ha, <laughs> Because, you know, Bez Moncar would be do it again, do it again, do it again. (laughs) I have a photo of you in my living room from that concert. Have you seen that song? I had so much fun at that concert. And the way that, and then you gave me that other song, which was um, Factory Windows Are Always Broken. And and when I get nervous about a song, this has happened to me so many times, I substitute a word that sounds like the word that it should be. And I kept starting to sing Factory Windows Are Always Open. (laughs) <laughs> Which is like, no, no. <laughs> you know. Change the arc, it's okay. <laughs> I did this. Getting a breeze in. I did this, um, this thing at Joe's Pub for. Do you guys know Justin Sayre? Because you auto. Man, this guy, he's just a genius. He's a genius. He has a, a monthly thing at Joe's Pub called The Meeting. He's an incredible writer. He's got a theatrical project that's going to go on at La Mama um, oh, awesome. in the near future. He writes for Two Broke Girls. Oh. Mm. Um, I was fortunate enough to run into him, and he asked me to be part of his show. If you're really lucky, you get asked to sing a song at one of his Joe's Pub shows. Uh, the meeting is, by the way, um, the he is the self-appointed president of the National Order of Sodomites, and this <laughs> is the monthly meeting, and he is hilarious and brilliant, and his humor is very topical. He's got a serious opinion about things that's very informed. And um, so I'm singing this song. He celebrates an artist at all of his shows. And this time it was the Indigo Girls. Well, I was in Paris for the Indigo Girls, so I never heard of them. And I ended up singing their hit song, Closer to Fine. Okay. So in that song, there is the word prostrate. Oh, no. I had to tell the audience beforehand, now I just want you to know that every time I rehearse that, 
I forget to put the second R. <laughs> so like you know pray for me or whatever mm-hmm. but <laughs> and then when we got to it and I sang prostrate everyone went yes <laughs> but that you know that is that, I don't know do nerves ever like take over okay. oh, nerves all destroy that's me that's, uh, yes. all oh my goodness I remember the first time um, I had to go on as Lunta which is like the young ingenue male lead yeah. in King and I and I I got I got there at half hour and found out. Oh, so um, which is always hard. an exciting, you know, yeah, but terrifying it's Broadway idea. Yeah, yeah, For, uh, yeah. First time seeing a solo on a Broadway stage, mm-hmm. why not? Um, oh. How exciting! But, um, it's funny. One thing I kept realizing was, thank God for my technique. Because mm. Lord knows, my mind and soul and heart mm-hmm. and body were mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. But like. I could trust that I had technique. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best. Well, that was one of the best reasons. Wow. Yeah. I tell people to study. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're I, on stage, crazy shit will happen. I think people's yeah. whole whole lives are are in their voices. You know. Fired. And I feel as though the psychological aspect is huge. Like sometimes with Aaron, I would I would I would try to fight his anatomical knowledge <laughs> with, but I'm sad. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. And he's having none of it. <clears throat> but you know, he, he is a vocal coach for coach now for a lot of yeah. pop stars. And Ariana, he has yeah. the same, yeah. he said exactly what you said about the kids. Uh, Ariana Grande is one of his yep. uh, students. And <laughs> he has to tell her, you can't scream and talk and go out after the show. Yeah. And she was, I guess this was like a year ago or something, or a little more, she was 19, and oh, it's wow. like, yeah, tell some 19-year-old that they can't go out and <laughs> scream and have fun, and, you know, yeah. but I, I do, She's I feel funny. like everybody's whole, when you say that, you know, your mind and your body and your soul mm. was everywhere, but, yeah, your whole, your whole life is in your voice, and sometimes mm. you run into people who breathe like that, and mm. talk like that. And, you know, you just think, oh, you must be so unhappy. (laughs) Oh, that makes me crazy. Because, you know what? That guy that I was talking about before, Diane Fretton-Tony and Pam Klinger, they had the same, he taught me the fry. The fry changed my life. I mean, it really did, because it set up, what it did was it set up an amazing reflex to let the air pass through the cords Mm -hmm. slowly or controlledly, if you Mm -hmm. will. And so I thought it was great. And then all of a sudden I hear all these people talking like that. And I think, what's, th- there's no life, no personality, no expression. It's such a dead place to be um, verbally. I, what is up with that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I did see one rant on Facebook about it. It was beautiful. Um, some girl who just said, come on, talk. Express yeah. yourself. You know, I mean, she was like, <laughs> just speaking yeah. your normal voice. Yeah. A, because it's kind of a way of disappearing in a very hip sort of way. You're not giving away, you're not vulnerable. There's no vulnerability talking like that. Well, there it is. You're, you're just so yourself. cool. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just says nothing. Yeah. It's. Well, a, I'm against it. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yes. I really as, a, am. as a person who listens to a lot of podcasts, um, it's interesting, like, there's sort of an NPR voice. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> welcome to NPR. This is uh, the new story about blah, blah, blah. Um, Which is, you know, it's a thing. And it's, yeah. um, I, I think a lot of people jump to vocal shame 
and and there's which is no, I don't mean that, but no, that's but just, very funny. But they do. I, I think there's there's. I a, have a lot of that. Yeah, we all do. That's why I have a career. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, seriously. Um, but it's. I was thinking about it the other day because they did. Um, I don't know some podcast I was listening to was talking about the letters that they get talking specifically towards the female um, female speakers though men do it just as much I'm sure I've been doing it all throughout this thing but um, about like oh it's so disgusting I don't want to listen to this person talking like this and blah 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 and, 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 and part of me is like well okay so this is the person's voice or at least culturally this is the voice that whether it's come from TV and come from this sense of it's like an elitist east like oh my god you guys so like I don't have to show up and think too hard and so much <laughs> thing mm-hmm. and, and then we imitate that in the desire to want to be like the Kardashians or whatever I don't really honestly know where mm-hmm. it's come from but but to me I think it's sort of what people are complaining about that they they maybe can't even fully manifest in it they don't even to, realize I think yeah so. what it is is I think to me, it feels like it's showing up to a job without a tie on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it's the the effort that it gets to to get over that sound is sort of like being like, okay, I'm going to tuck in my shirt and wear a jacket and show up to read the news. And mm-hmm. to many people, like that is that is comforting to see your newscaster be like, or 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 a dress or whatever, right? To, to be pre- presented in a professional way and to be reading in that, like, non-regional dialect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is my sound. Welcome to NPR. Blah, 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 blah. But don't you feel like it's hiding? I mean, I feel like people are, are like, masking who they really are. I feel like it's a cover-up. It's possible. More I, than I think, anything. I think because it's such a, a lack of energy that yeah, it's... I don't exactly. know if it's a cover-up or just an... It's like not disconnect. expressing yourself. It's, it's You're not disconnect. expressing yourself yeah. when you talk like that. It's like yeah. you're it's hiding. Saying what I have to say is not important. You know? Perhaps. Yeah. Not. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like an yeah. Sure. I have a, con- sure. I have a conversation it, with so a number whatever, of but. my clients who come in with, whether than, it's, clients who speak in a consistent vocal fry, or clients who who speak with a, a certain amount of husk to their mm-hmm. voice. They've gotten used to it, and mm-hmm. a lot of times. Uh, I have several of these clients who are either lawyers or who are mm. film actors. Mm-hmm. A lot of the husky, like women, just yep. speaking mm-hmm. in this, like, oh, yeah. I don't know. It's and it's not like that. I can't even imitate <laughs> no, it. But I know I can't imitate it. Was good. It, was good. it was awful. Yes. It was a horrible imitation. <laughs> but I have to say to them, um, do you want your voice to change? Yeah. yeah. Because if you want me to work on you, mm-hmm. it will. Mm-hmm. And it, and part of what's happening with your vocal health and the reason why you're having a vocal issue is because of how you sound. You're but not being do authentic. Do you want that to yeah. change? Mm-hmm. Because it is part of who you mm-hmm. have Present. presented yeah. yourself. Yeah. So are you ready for that to change? What do and they I, say? They always, uh, most of the time, if they're a performer, they say yes. Uh-huh. I have some that, uh, I, I have one client who I love her. She's amazing. But um, she consistently speaks in a vocal fry. She uh, <coughs> kept doing it, ended up having surgery for a polyp. Oh, wow. And since the surgery for a polyp has, con- has absolutely 
She's working on her next polyp. Keeps speaking in the vocal fry, and I'm like, and I just keep saying to her, you know, look, we we can keep doing, you know, Mm. I'm. you're most of the time, yeah. you, but most yeah. of the time, I'm just doing like a massage, you know, <laughs> because I'm like, there's no you want to sound this way, and she, mm-hmm. and we had that conversation, and she's like, I do, I'm used to myself sounding this mm-hmm. way, and it's and a male thing too, you know. There's a lot of characters on TV. I I'm addicted to series. I'm just addicted sure. to series. It's really kind of a problem, but um, <laughs> no, it is. Yeah. Um, but I've noticed that like these guys, like uh, a person of interest. Oh, you know the. I'm quote unquote handsome guy on person of interest. He talks like this, always in a whisper. It's this <laughs> a, a, a sort of a fry-y whisper. And it is so annoying because its obvious intent is to be intense and dramatic. But it's just ridiculous. After yeah. five sentences, it's like, you know, uh, I'm done. You know, you did that effect and now I have no more, yeah. you know, sort of interest in, in what you're doing. They get so, like, they flatline. Monotone, you know? Yeah. It's, it is. It's really monotone. But mm-hmm. I noticed that because I am addicted to series and because when I was in Paris and my Netflix worked and I could watch other series that are on <laughs> network here that I couldn't watch there, I thought, man, this is like an epidemic. People taking the personality out of their voice. And while I'm on it, that reminds me that I think that's a big problem in shows. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people who just sing to get that note that loud, mm. that high, that mm-hmm. long. When when you think about, like, the things that inspired you, or when I think about the people, that, and I'm obviously a different generation, but I think about the people, I was always into, like, old films, like Fred Astaire mm-hmm. and Gene oh, Kelly. Yeah, and, absolutely. You know, I was always into that. And look at those people. They couldn't get a job today. They couldn't, because Fred Astaire would be too old, too unattractive, too, sure, you know, unbuffed, too, too un... I don't know what. But, and when you listen to his singing, it's, it's not, oh, you know, it, it's not meaty. It's just fabulous, because it's yeah. him. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing I miss, I got to say. I am knocked out by the vocal prowess of a lot of people. But, man, I, I would just love to hear what people's real personality is yeah. in their voice. I, I know exactly what you're saying, because I... I saw, um, uh, it's a show. Maurice we'll Hines. help you. Maurice Hines just did a show. Oh, I uh, wanted to see that. Um, something tap. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And, Smart, um, yeah. and in that show, and, and then of course seeing him reminded me of when I saw Liza Minnelli in concert. And mm-hmm. there's something about that generation that is electrifying mm-hmm. yeah. that we don't see anymore. No. It's literally, it, it's <coughs> this. I don't care if Liza Minnelli is missing notes mm-hmm. or not hitting them. Yeah. I don't care. Mm-hmm. She is electric. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I want to watch her. Absolutely. And he was the same way. Mm-hmm. It was just watching him and he's just singing along and and it was just so easy but like because it's exactly what you said so before because he's him. So, yes. Because he's yeah. him and he's given you him. Yes. And that's what those performances are. There yeah. there it is something that I think is missing and I I went it home is. and and talked to my husband about it, and I said, "This just—I don't feel like this performance exists anymore." Mm-hmm. That—that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this the other day because um, one of the things my theater company does is, you know, we try to we mm-hmm. develop a new show every year, mm-hmm. and when we when we get the crop of like sixty or so submissions, mm-hmm. um, it's so interesting to see like 
what the vocal demand, like what what aesthetic, what vocal aesthetic, mm -hmm. I guess is the right word, to like that people are writing for these days. And I think it's one of the things that makes Joel's material so refreshing, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. is that I think the industry has gotten so used to the manufactured vocal yeah. athleticism, yeah. the vocal mm -hmm. acrobatics, and I feel they're not writing for unique voices anymore, no. unique personalities anymore. I think it's, it's or more authentic. Like, or authentic. It's not <laughs> authentic. Yeah. I, I gotta say I'm a big fan of authenticity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I think that 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 shows up in your work. Yeah. Why well, thank you. Yes, <laughs> it, does. it does. It does. You Thanks. I do feel that same way when I watch you. It is electric. Thanks, because Christy. of the authenticity. <laughs> kind of <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. We're, we're it's true. only speaking. Thank you. We yeah. started. No, but I really appreciate <laughs> that. I appreciate that. Right. Don't be chakra. <laughs> Don't be a chakra. <laughs> I think, um, from a from a voice teacher's perspective, what what I think has changed musically. This is just my own theory, and I might be wrong, but it was when songs. And I'll speak just for women in this this mm -hmm. in this um, instance, but when songs consistently started to cross over a C natural in the chest voice, mm -hmm. no kidding. The thing my that had first to, job yeah. was Maggie in chorus line. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Belt daddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was like, like when that, but that was something that was revolutionary. But now, like the the tessitura of a song for women generally lives. It's like C sharp D. Yeah. E. F, oh F sharp, G. I know. And and people are better technique now. Like, I really think that technique, in order to sing that note, the technique is better. But it does, you lose that sense of, like... Ease. Of, of well, naturalism. Like, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Naturalism. There's a, there's a, there's You're a, just a thinking about that flight. note, honey. You yeah. are just thinking about that note. Yeah, and I think, like, humanly, there's, there's a fight-or-flight reaction that, that mm -hmm. if there were a... That is in us that uh, when a saber tooth tiger was attacking <laughs> our, was, like, you attacking, could belt that eat. Yeah. Well, no, but like there's, you know, your your head went up from the mm -hmm. fire that you were at, which moved. I'm gonna get geeky here for a second, but it like engages your cricoid cartilage, which mm -hmm. bunches up your vocal folds and mm -hmm. sends out a sound that is low on breath, long on whatever, mm -hmm. and that call sends for all people that hear it it sends a shock through our body it's mm -hmm. fight or flight we're like yeah. something is happening mm -hmm. wow. and when it gets a little past the sea that's not happening anymore so we're mix belting we're doing these amazing oh alphabets <laughs> belting like ah, whatever mm -hmm. yeah. and it's thrilling but it's not it's not the it's fight not or organic. flight thing it's not organic yeah. and and I mean, I teach my students to do that all the time because that's the music that's being written, and that's the mm -hmm. level. I mean, that's the level of singer that's there now that they have to compete against because mm -hmm. somebody's going to be able to sing that out. Yeah. And you know what? So you have to learn how to do it, but it really makes you feel yeah. like you're not a good singer if you can't do yeah. that. Mm -hmm. I mean, or that I, you don't have a place here. I, I feel yeah. like. Um, I, I mean, oh, I, I guess I'll just admit this. You know, I just feel like if I say to an accompanist, I, I really like to lower that. I feel like a lesser singer. And that's not right. And that's not right. Because, that's not true. You know, and you're not alone. That's not true. You're not alone. You know, no. it, that, that shouldn't be. It's like, yep. what are you trying to do here? Impress people with how loud and how high and how long you can sing? Or are you trying to, you know, yeah. singing is giving something. It's got to be giving yeah. something to people. Are you interested in giving somebody this song? Mm -hmm. Like a like an offering or yeah. are you interested in keeping that distance like aren't I fabulous yeah. listen to that you know and 
I, I really feel bad about it. And I bet I've been suffering with that these days because I'm working on these shows. And I, there's this one song that I love that I just decided I'm taking it down a step because it's all I can think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, am I going to be all right on that note? Or are people going to say, oh, you know, she's screaming or whatever. Um, and I really, I mean, I, I got depressed about it. I just felt mm-hmm. like, well, there you go, guy. You're really not. And then I thought, you know what? You should have done that like five years ago. Uh, why not? You know, because it just makes it a. Then you could just better. give your total attention to the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm really glad you said that. I'm really yeah, glad no, you said I, that I think because that all the time. Yeah. And breaking that You're down right. that way was fascinating. Yeah, and it, that's total sense. You're and right. That's completely my own theory. Um, no, but, it, but you're right because yeah. the thing is, is that that's what we've got. We've got we've got amazing vocal machines going amazing on. Vocal machines. Amazing, amazing. amazing. I am gobsmacked by what people can yep. do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm not moved. Yeah. I am not necessarily moved. Yeah. Yeah. Although I have to say that black women have been singing like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. naturally mm-hmm. for years and if there was ever an operation I wanted it was black vocal cords <laughs> that's I have to said that forever because <laughs> it's just true it's just true I mean honestly every I don't know how many times I have heard Aretha Franklin sing you make me feel like a natural woman or think or and it always thrills me mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and but that's approached differently than it's the just, mixed belt that people are doing now it's a different it's right it's a but flow, i mean she, flow, but it's her yeah, it's, it's her voice yeah. and it's and i think it's got a lot i really put this on like the same level of what I, as i was talking about edith piaf which is that that voice was mm-hmm. born in choirs every sure. single day every single sunday yep. you know concert and from a place that is so emotional and soul and not about you Mm-hmm. That's the thing is that sing- singers who sing as if it's not about them are always, to me, going to be much more powerful and effective mm-hmm. than people who are singing, you know, as if it's them. Mm-hmm. I saw a show the other night. I won't be real specific, <laughs> but um, <laughs> I was amazed at how someone with that kind of vocal facility and power um, could bore the pants off of me, mm. uh, hitting, you, you know, ridiculous yeah. notes yep. for lengthy periods of time, which got really boring. But, I mean, it's because it was sort of, uh, look at me, look what mm. I can do, instead of giving me the yeah. song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you're in the audience, all you want to do is believe. I, I sincerely yep. believe that. Yep. All you want as an audience member is to be to able believe. to believe whatever is coming out of whoever that is on stage's mouth. You just want to believe. Mm-hmm. And when people put up that kind of impenetrable Colgate <laughs> barrier, you know what I mean? They used to have yeah. those, those toothpaste commercials that, that, <laughs> that were like they kept cavities out because you could knock oh, on that. Right. You know? and, I was like, and I always think of that, this wall, this, yeah. this completely transparent wall goes down. Be- because when you lose your vulnerability, you're just not interesting. Yeah. You That's just really aren't. Because yeah. there's no, every, everything you say you're interested in, there's no generosity, there's no authenticity. There's no generosity. That's the thing. I think it takes a, I think you have to be generous as a performer. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. As, as really any kind of artist. Yeah. Any kind of human being. I am, I must say that I, I am excited about 
people who are driving the art form forward because I feel yeah. like mm-hmm. that I agree. that issue is on their radar as mm-hmm. writers, as yeah. theater makers, as artists. Cool. I think like the people, yeah. yeah. And I think you know, I think we might be swinging one mm-hmm. way, and I think we might be ready to swing back in a few years. I'm excited to see what happens when mm-hmm. that swing back happens mm-hmm. and what art that creates. Because yeah. like people do recognize <laughs> authentic. You know, Chorus line, chorus line was a total contradiction in a way because it, I think it's such a great show, but I came from British theater school, Bristol Old Vic uh, theater wow. school. I mean acting, and when they gave me a pack of graph paper and said, uh, "You're basically this plotted point on this chart," <laughs> I was like, "Huh?" And when I saw at the ballet the first time, the part that I was supposed to do, although I always wanted to be Deanna, and luckily I did end up as Deanna, she sang at the ballet, you know, she goes, um, she goes, her arms up, Maggie has her arms up, she goes, at the ballet, and then she goes like this, makes fists by her shoulders at the ballet, and then keeps the fists and puts them down by her legs, you know, at the ballet for the E, Uh and I thought, oh, that poor girl, she can't hit that note, that's why she's got these clenched fists, and then I go to rehearsal, and they say, "You have to do this. Okay, you have, have to, to do this. Yes, yes." I was like, "No, no, no. That's really a bad idea, guys. You know, mm. because chorus line, in a way, like I say, we were incredibly well treated. It was really a wonderful show. At the same time, as it did a lot for theater, it created a precedent in the plotted point on a graph, and you will do what the person before you did, mm-hmm. and, and that killed team. personality." Yeah. And that's what all, that's the only thing that really interests me. The only people who are really thrilling on stage are are because of what you said. You know, they're being themselves. They they they're giving you something through themselves that yeah. is what makes the difference. And I'm glad to hear that you think that that's you know on the way out. But I fear that with corporate America backing everything, they want a sure thing and they know what worked, and that's why. I mean, it is. Mm-hmm. I feel that is also like you know? going to be like a necessary evil as well. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like how that, much freedom did you feel like you had when you stepped into like the role of Lone Town? Mm-hmm. Like how much of that had to be like quote unquote replicated versus? Um, do you know what it way? is? You are. You do feel like you're part of a machine, and mm-hmm. you know. I think I can say mm-hmm. the same thing about swinging. You know, Lun- right. if you're playing a principal, especially if you know Lunta has 20 minutes on stage and. Both of his songs are duets, so mm. while I had to be in the right lighting cues, there was a little bit of flexibility as an actor that I could take. But you know, if you're dog number one in the yeah. ballet one night, and then hunter number two, or like <laughs> waving a river, and the next night, like you have to be like at your exact spot doing the exact same thing <coughs> that the person mm-hmm. before you did, or else you know it will be unsafe. Mm-hmm. So I like you know mm-hmm. there's there, exactly. are, there are arguments for ways. There are absolute arguments for that because in course line all those spotlights. Oh my gosh. You know that you really really did have to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah. I just feel like when when you're especially a show like Chorus Line that grew out of people's original stories that they would the want to yes yeah. exactly <laughs> totally. yeah. you're like, exactly <laughs> you know wow. it was just too the ironic that you were is, yeah. you know my yeah. my mentors in Colorado before I moved to New York one of them sat me down and he said and they had all been on Broadway in New York and uh, had been in the machine of Les Miserables oh, before yeah. and uh <laughs> And he sat me down and he said, Christine, why do you want to go to New York? Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, told him I wanted to perform and everything. And, and he said, what is it about performing? And I said, I want to create. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he said, is that what you truly want? And I said, yes. 
And he said, Broad, it's not because of Broadway. And I said, Broadway has never been my dream. Mm. And he said, then you should go to New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and he said, if you had told me that you wanted to go to New York to be on Broadway, mm. I would tell you that you should change the reason you want to go to New York. Because if you're going to be on Broadway, you may not, it's not always true, but you may not have the opportunity to create because mm. it's a machine. Mm. Yeah. If you want to create, mm-hmm. it's the new work. It's mm-hmm. the readings, the workshops, mm-hmm. exactly. yeah. your friends' exactly. concerts. Yeah. Exactly. Like, it's that aspect that you want to do. And, and luckily for me, you know, I, Broadway wasn't ever my dream. Mm-hmm. My first experience of ever seeing a show was in the West End. So for mm-hmm. me, if anything, it would be to go perform in the West right. End over right. Broadway. Totally. Uh-huh. Um, so, so it was... Um, but you're right. You're, you're really right. i got to say that things like the Ars Nova concert and singing a song in Justin Serre's meeting, and these are the kinds of um, rencontres, I can't think of, you know, I can't speak things English. Things you, I think. Uh, well, you know, these kinds of meetings, these kinds of, of creative meetings of the minds and hearts are what... I don't know. They feel like a huge privilege. Mm-hmm. That's a, a huge yeah. privilege to be in New York. Yes. I mean, really, because there really are extraordinary people here. And you, my dear yes. Joel mm-hmm. B. New, mm-hmm. are distinctly part of yeah. that. I was so excited when you asked me to do the Ars Nova and then to be on your podcast. I thought, whoo, he wants me. <laughs> I love it. When I'm on those lines, then I... Then several years later, I had a, a few years ago, I had a friend of mine, and she was just crying. She was so upset. She was about to turn thirty, um, and she hadn't been on Broadway, and she mm. just—it was like she just wasn't successful. It's just this is nowhere near where I thought I'd be when I turned thirty. And thank goodness, in in my life, I had you know huge physical challenges when I was younger and surgeries and everything. And so for me, it wasn't ever about that success has always been about happiness to me mm. Mm. and and I thought wow I'm so grateful that every job I've ever booked I was grateful for mm-hmm. yeah. that yeah. I I've never been on Broadway and I'm still a very successful person mm-hmm. and I'm still I was still a very successful performer mm-hmm. that where I got has nothing to do with my success. Mm. What I believe success is is happiness. Mm-hmm. So, to have and someone, being true to yourself. I mean, ah, yes, yeah. 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 I mean, that's you can't have happiness without being true to yourself. And that that voice teacher, that vocal, the one who taught me the fry that I love, <laughs> uh, his name was Eric Thorndall, <laughs> and uh, he always said to me, "Don't compare yourself to anyone but yourself." Six months ago, mm. and I like that because yeah. you know then it keeps you in a, in a real space. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. And you can measure if you're working hard enough or if you're yeah. not. And you can also cut yourself a little slack there. Yeah. Uh, maybe not six months ago. You know. <laughs> 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 so let's be flexible on the time frame, okay? okay. But, it's like, I love that you said that. I mean, I think, I think one, of my, one of the most freeing moments of my artistic life was when I truly was able to stop looking left and looking right mm-hmm. and comparing myself to the path that other people were on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And once you realize that, you know, you're on your own path, I feel like, A, it gives you, it forces you to take responsibility. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it gives you the freedom to say, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I'm going to do what I want. But you know what, <laughs> you know what, Billy? Yeah. You know what, Billy? What's, what's funny is that, like, I, I bet this hap- has happened to you guys. I don't know. But, like, you meet someone and you just think, wow, 
they really have it sewn up. They know exactly where they're going. They know exactly what they're doing. They do it so well. They are, you know, and you feel kind of miserable by comparison. And the reason, <laughs> the reason that I say that is because when we had our photo session, I was like, who is this guy? How does he do this? He's so, you know, at the same time as he's, you've got this fabulous, I mean, all of the, I, I can't imagine that you would ever feel like, uh, maybe I'm not hitting the mark, you know, because everything about you was just so buoyantly um, successful in the best possible way mm-hmm. in that you were, you put me at ease, you know, you put me at ease, you had a lovely place to do these photographs in. You were incredibly uh, patient and encouraging. And you had like 16 other things on the fire at the same time. And I, I mean, so it's just so funny to hear you say that. I just, it's just like a wake up call how everybody, I guess. And yeah, you met feels, me in my 30s. You know? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. You met me in my 30s. Are you no longer? <laughs> definitely. Are you no longer in your 30s, oh, you know, like, I'm But I was not in my 20s when oh, I was Oh, okay. That was so recent. I do think, though, like, in my 20s, I had to learn those lessons, and thank God I, I had amazing oh. mentors. Yes. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I just have to say, like, I can't leave this room without thanking Jen Waldman for oh, bringing yeah. many of us together. Because yeah. yeah. mo- most of these life lessons that I feel we're all talking about are the things I kind of learned in her studio, mm-hmm. or at least yeah. took to yeah. heart in her studio. Yeah. 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 Oh, Grew up in there. It, is, it is amazing how, how people who give you the gift of inspiration or confidence or... That there's nothing more precious. There just isn't. Yeah. You just don't exist in a vacuum. I mean, hmm. where would we be? Where would we be without the people who encourage us and loved us and inspire us? And it starts yeah. with you. Yeah. It's true. It's huge. <laughs> you know, I compare myself to other writers all the time. I'm like, why did they get that award? Or why, mm-hmm. you know, why, why did they have a show on Broadway before mm-hmm. they were 30? Or why, you know, all <laughs> that kind of stuff. And, um, and, but then I have to, you know, you, Constantly, just like retraining myself, reminding myself that um, I was like, yeah, but do I do I like what I'm doing? Don't I like? Don't I still believe in the work that I'm doing? Mm-hmm. And aren't you still showing up? Mm-hmm. And aren't you aren't you lucky? Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I I have to have those questions. I interview myself in that way. And, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but like one thing that I, I keep telling myself, and I tell people, is I was like, there's plenty of room at the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like there's not like nine chairs and you're the tenth guest mm-hmm. and you're all racing to get that last chair. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's we're gonna make room. Mm-hmm. There's gonna be room. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're ready and the table's ready and you know. you're right because I'll tell you, I was in France and I was there for a while, and <coughs> I was not happy with. I just dubbed and dubbed. You know, I was dubbing movies. I was doing plays. Plays I miss. I gotta say, I'm really kind of a. I, I'm an I'm an actress first. I have to say, probably you may have noticed that, but um, <laughs> but um, the the dream. I mean, I just thought every single day. Oh, I wish New York would knock on my door. I wish New York would knock on, and then it did. What do you know? So you were just wishing, were you? You were. Oh, I was working, Seb. Oh, I was definitely working. I wrote a show. I wrote a a, a really funny show about being an American. If I do so so much, say so myself. A really funny show. No, 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 no. No, No, but I love that because everybody has their own version of my title, which is "If I Were Me." If I were me, it's called "If I Were Me," and um, 
and I wrote all these different characters in, and so it's a, it's a very sort of uh, varied <coughs> show. And I did it at the Edinburgh Festival, and then this guy with an amazing, wonderful piano player who, if, if it weren't for him, I don't, I couldn't have done it really. I mean, I really needed him. And then this New York uh, director was there, and so he. Um, he said that he was doing a project with Stephen Schwartz, which was uh, The Baker's Wife. Which I saw you in. And Yeah. And uh, that's how I got back to New York. And then that turned into Brel. Yeah. You know, the revival mm-hmm. of Jacques Brel is Alive and Well. Yeah. Oh, my God. Which I, I saw, saw you in that. Was yeah. So it was so good. It was so good. You were so good. I loved that show that meant so much to me, that show, because I never knew the songs in English. I had never, mm-hmm. that when I came to New York to do it, that's the first time I saw the, or heard the English. And I had, it was my husband who turned me on to Jacques Brel in French, and I'd already done a concert of his work in Paris. So mm-hmm. that was really a dream, like a, a, an incredible, you know, dream come true sequence. My, my experience of the, um, what you were saying about am I or seeing other people getting awards or seeing other... And part of what I experienced as a performer was that I would go to shows and just be in awe all the time. And it, it's kind of how I know why I'm in the correct profession for me now. Mm-hmm. You know, because I now I'm assisting these Broadway singers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm helping them. I'm part of their help. And, and that is so thrilling to me. Thank you. Um, because before I'd be sitting there and I've, I don't, I don't remember the last time. So uh, maybe it happened when I was much younger, but I don't experience going to shows and thinking that I could do so much better. Uh-huh. I, I've never uh-huh. experienced that, or at least I don't ever remember experiencing that. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting there really taking in how wonderful each individual's mm-hmm. performance was. Mm-hmm. And so now to sit back and kind of be this like mama bear of like, uh-huh. oh gosh, I'm so nervous for them. Uh-huh. I'm here. I'm here to support Absolutely. them. That's gorgeous. Okay, I'm, I'm I'm helping them. You're I'm helping like, them. Um, and it's now I'm like, yes, this is, this is right. I mean, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean I won't perform again because I will. And as You're my voice talented. teacher Joan later is like, get out there and sing. Uh-huh. Uh, I will. Uh-huh. I will eventually. But. Um, but what freedom that is to yeah. not feel as though, you know, you're not making the mark in some way. At least that's what it sounded like. If you go and you admire and you admire, because I, I really do suffer from that. I feel like I haven't worked hard enough and I haven't, yeah, I haven't done enough. And I think that I would be able to do much more if I'd stop saying that to myself, you know, because I'm sure you will perform. And brilliantly, I mean, I saw you at the Ars Nova concert. I remember what you sound like. You, you're really a beautiful, beautiful singer. And I think that, you know, once you can free yourself of that kind of comparison or longing, you know, for something. And what it boils down to is really not thinking you're good enough, basically. Mm-hmm. That's what it boils down to. Or not thinking mm-hmm. you're better than. 
I mean, I guess oh, maybe, maybe, my, maybe I yeah, am yeah, on yeah. that end of like, am I good enough? Mm. I'm probably way more on. I am definitely on way more on that end. Than, yeah, that's it. Oh, I could do that way better. That is something I have ah. never thought. I've never gone to a show and thought, oh, I could do that role so much better. Oh. Never have I thought that ever. Uh-huh. I have absolutely respected. I've actually thought that. <laughs> the, uh, I love it. I love that's it. okay. I mean, that's totally okay. That's what I mean. Like, no, I'm so, kidding. I mean, so I'm it's like, cool that I'm. I I'm can't remember, but I'm sure I thought that. Maybe I was wrong. Uh, hey, maybe I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Just some truth telling right now. Yeah. Well, the four, you know, you brought that up. <laughs> I'm sure I definitely did in college. Okay, I did in college. But since college, yeah, it's been very rare nice. that I've ever gone and thought that. I interviewed Janet Krupen uh, a couple seasons ago, who was like an If Then and Bring It On, very, very talented singer. And one thing she said to me that struck me was um, like she never went to a show and said, Oh, I wish that were me. She would think, "Oh, I can't wait to be your competition." Oh, that's a mm-hmm. much and better found, way of looking at I it. I found oh. that a healthier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I don't yeah. wish I were you. I'm just I'm I'm going to compete with you. I'm going to rise to this. Mm-hmm. And I found mm-hmm. that interesting. Wow, that is awesome. That is cool. One thing I wanted to amend my or uh, add to my my table analogy of like there's always room at the table, but like it might be a completely different table. Than the one that you thought you were going to be sitting. Yeah, at. yeah. You know, like you keep, oh, keep, great point. Keep mm-hmm. your eyes and your heart open. Yeah, you know, and you might oh, already yeah. be sitting at the table. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. Know and oh, community is is really yeah. We're at a table right now. But we but community 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 is is really important. I mean, I can't tell you how good I feel sitting here listening. To like you guys' story. stories and yeah, what you've treat. been through, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's yeah. such, it's, it's inspiring. so inspiring, and yeah. it's a comfort, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm not all alone in my, you know, <laughs> worries or, or fears or Desires. happiness yeah. or no. the things that I've recognized. It's true. You, yeah. you, everyone here has said something where I go, oh, yeah, okay, so that wasn't crazy that I thought that, or no. yeah. And I, I love what thank you said you, about. Joel. Yeah, seriously. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Great thing. Well, um, I, I, I feel like we just organically concluded. <gasps> yeah, <laughs> it was very organic. I mean, so organic. I wondered, you know, when you said what you've done, I feel like I haven't done anything. I'm thinking, like, what can I say I've done? Patreon. Sound bite. Um, let, me, let me, I have to say all my thank yous. Um, let's see. So I think I'm debuting two songs in this episode. Um, yeah, they're both from my upcoming Cabot Cove. Album that mm. I'm going to be recording hopefully Yay. in April. Yes. When this episode comes out, um, I'm also launching a Kickstarter campaign mm-hmm. to help fund said album. Fund it, y'all. Mm-hmm. Fund, fund it. it. Fund it. Yes. Can I just say this about that? I paid yeah. for my CDs and I regret not doing Kickstarter. It was incredibly <laughs> expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Like bare, bare bones, like just even like the bare minimum mm-hmm. of. Two. How many instruments are you doing? Mm-hmm. With the French horn, what? I'm trying to get him to, to add. I'm like, when do you want? I played on a friend's album, and he did the oh. he did the recording for it. Do you know it. who Myron Bloom was? Is Myron Bloom was a very famous French horn player with the Cleveland Orchestra? Oh. Mm-hmm. I'm from Cleveland. Yes. Yeah. 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 Doing we, shows at Nighttown. <laughs> all of you Cleveland listeners. Yeah, <laughs> now we put we played, and then I said. I was like, you need to have he said, yeah, he's like, I forget that you mm-hmm. play. And I said, you just, 
I'll play for you anytime. And he's like, Christine, I don't have French horn on you any of my You play French horn? And do you play other <laughs> instruments too? I'm mainly French horn. I mean, I, I can wow. play trumpet, but I'm not wow. fabulous. I mean, I used to be much better at the French horn, but I am picking it up <laughs> How again. Fantastic. So I double, ma- I double majored in French horn performance. I love that. Wow. Um, so I'll talk more about those songs. I had um, Amy Jo Jackson and Charlie Johnson sing songs. Oh, two um, wonderful you know, people. You know Charlie? I love Charlie. Yeah. And Amy. Amy's yes. okay. Amy's <laughs> she's, she's fine. Um, they sang two Cabaco songs, uh, respectively. Amy Jo sang The Dead Must Sing, and Charlie sang Dirge for a Dead Dachshund, which was... Sounds right up his which, alley. Which was, it, was, it was a fierce performance. <laughs> and we filmed it, too. Like, I'm filming the song performances of this season. So, like, oh, they're cool. all on YouTube now. Oh, is it going to be like a oh. vlog? It's like, vlog. I guess it's like a vlog. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Look at you. Uh, yeah, Technology. You. Um, yeah, so Amy Joe and Charlie, uh, accompanied by Josh Kite, who's another great uh, composer lyricist. He has a concert coming up at 54 Below. Uh, he didn't even tell me to plug this. On <laughs> April, April 30th at So you know his PM. date and you don't know your own. Okay. <laughs> that's, true. that's true. That's just kind of artist I am. <laughs> Altruistic. Um, so altruistic. Please pay for my album. Mine <laughs> too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, remember, these performances will be available to stream on SoundCloud and brand new this season on YouTube. Also, I'm going to put the sheet music from y'all's original songs Ooh. on repertoire.com. Oh, cool. Um, Amazing. So can purchase them as a bundle, all four songs. So go cool. back and listen to season one. I will. Listen to these songs. Listen to Maybe Later, Paisley, Something needs to happen, button and in my button in my pocket, mm-hmm. and then you can buy yourself a nice little bundle of songs and okay. sing them and share them. <laughs> uh, be sure to follow me on all things social media, and you may find those links and so much more on jewelbenew.com. Please follow my guests at billybphotography.com, gaymarshall.com. Which hasn't been updated for four years. I was Go about on. to tell you. <laughs> I know! In your interview, you... You joked about how you hadn't <laughs> updated the website. I know. Uh, and I looked on it to I like, never went back. what you've been either. up to. And I was like, she still hasn't updated this website. I haven't. Because the guy who was a fabulous <laughs> bass player named Steve Jalewski, who did my website... He did it in the kind of format where he has to change everything instead oh. of me. Oh, yes. man. And that's how mine is. That's I, why I'm changing That's it. why, yeah, I've got to build, because I built, for a while there, I got so depressed, I made leather bags for a whole year. <laughs> and I of built, updating your website, Well, you I built, built I, no, I built my own website for the bag. And <laughs> so, I mean, I know I can build a website, so yeah. I, I just have to... You know, I, I am going to ask for your indulgence. I do post things on Facebook uh, sometimes. I don't know about that. Okay. Well, yeah, on Facebook. Facebook on Facebook on Facebook. On Facebook. I have a page, sure. and then there's me. You can friend me. I'm very friendly. Yeah. Okay. Yep. She will accept you. <laughs> yes. Um, go, go to com and go to ChrisYorkVoiceStudio.com. Um, please subscribe to, rate, review this podcast, tell your friends all about. Um, special thanks today to obviously the Drama This Guild Fund. Yes, yes, yes. Beautiful. Um, Stephanie Layton for doing my graphic design. Uh, Lily's husband, Peyton Royal, for uh, designing my website and keeping it up to date. <laughs> now there's he's, an idea. He's pretty great. Maybe I don't have to build my own website. Maybe I'll get a hold of him. <laughs> oh, he's, he's amazing. Okay. He's the best. I believe you because yeah. I love your website. So. Oh, there you go. That's yeah. a Peyton design. 
Um, let's see. I want to uh, also thank um, my friend Joel Dickinson, who did a remix of the Something New theme song, which now uh, is the outro of the oh, show. Great. Um, I want to thank my friends over at the Murder We Spoke podcast. Um, they are a podcast where they do recaps, hilarious recaps of Murder She Wrote episodes. Amazing. And they've been huge fans of this whole Cabot Cove album that I'm working on. Nice. Yeah, cool. They've been doing lots of cross promoting. Um, and Show Score, which is an official sponsor of something new this year. Um, and last but not least, you guys, Kay Marshall, Belizis Dumonte, Chris Yurk, Christine Patterson, thank you so much for coming Thank you, Joe. I love it. Growing up. Christine, Christine Schneider. Oh, I didn't take John Louis's name. Otherwise, I'd be Madame Blondeau. Oh, Christine Patterson for performing. Christine Schneider for Perfect. everything. Oh, life. I, love <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Christine Schneider. Oh, Please yeah. thank Christine Schneider for me. Next time you see her. From the music hall at Drama Skills Fund. Thank you. the will is quite- 
quite anyone's guess. Did I think it cruel and unmerited? No. I'm sorry that Dexter's dead. I'm sorry that Dexter's dead. I'm sorry that Dexter's dead. Your search for the truth is respectable. I'm sorry that Dexter's dead. The cause is as yet undetectable. The murderer must have great insight and wits to not leave a clue in the kibbles and bits. I mean, not that I know what Dexter reads. How would I know something like that? It's a relatively common brand of dog food, I assume. That's all. I don't have a dog, but that's what I've heard on the streets. I'm sorry that Dexter's dead. I'm sorry that Dexter's dead. Am I free to go? Theatrical media.